Welcome, everyone, to Politics Express, the Post Writer's latest general interest politics podcast. It's a lot of peas. I am your host, the Post Writer's state and science editor, Lars Emerson. And this episode, we are all about New York. We're discussing the next mayor of New York City and the next governor of New York. And then we'll end, of course, with our new recurring In Our Lifetime segment. So let's dive in. With me today to discuss is the Post Writer's Editor-in-Chief and legendary New York resident, Michael Levito. <laughs> How's it going in the Empire State, Mike? It's it's getting colder, but it's supposed to actually get warmer and rain a lot this week, so... Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> mixed fortunes is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Um, you've, you, you're very familiar with New York. You've got a lot of connections there. You live there. You go to school there. Um, yes. So let's hope you have strong feelings about this state you reside in. <laughs> um, so let's start the episode off with Eric Adams, who is the Democratic mayor-elect of New York City. He won the general election in the city about a month ago and is set to become mayor at the start of 2022, succeeding Bill de Blasio. It's like really funny to me that they start their term on January 1st. I feel yeah, like that's I mean, very that's like, weird in America. <laughs> I f- that's a lot of like, I feel like a lot of South American countries do that with their presidents. It's nice. Uh, like, I think Brazil does that, too, which, I, I mean, it makes more sense, really. Right, and it's like, then your New it. Year's party is just, like, also <laughs> your, like, retirement. That's in, that's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Um, so Eric Adams, his career includes time with the NYPD, the New York State Senate, and most recently, he was Brooklyn Borough President. Yes. Um, he's an interesting guy. What What does the <laughs> average person need to know about him before we dive into him and how he won? Well, I suppose one man's interesting as another man's weird. Um, That's for so sure. Eric, Eric Adams has had a very interesting career, and he's really been in the public eye since the 90s at least, maybe a little bit in the 80s too. So he, like you said, is a uh, former, he's a retired uh, New York City police officer. Um, he actually became a police officer kind of at the urging of a civil rights ad, uh, advocate that he was friendly with, and would more or less kind of took the job almost as like the new york post kind of described it as infiltration and what was actually a pro adams piece but that was probably a strong word but like he really entered with the intent of trying to change it from the inside he was very involved with two um black officers groups one's the grand guardian of the council the other is called 100 blacks in law enforcement who care and uh he did not always have a very good relationship with the rest of the nypd mm-hmm. and the commissioner and all of that um he alleged that there were members of the NYPD trying to kill him at one point. Again, you know, he is a man prone to overstatement and um, all of that. Uh, he, he was he was in the New York State Assembly. He was at least currently the Brooklyn Borough President. Um, yeah, you know, and he, he he's he he has been controversial. He he said of people gentrifying Brooklyn that they should go back to Iowa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which he later apologized for, but I think that kind of gives you... Also completely ins- misinterprets the kind of people who are gentrifying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess so. I um, but that all, I think gives you an insight, too. So the big thing was, right, is like he won in this very crowded primary field um, against, uh, you know, Catherine Garcia, Andrew Yang were probably closer to him in policy ideas, but 
especially against like Mayo Wiley, um, Diana Morales, people like that. Um, and the big thing is that he was the most explicitly pro-police of these candidates and the Democratic side, right? Um, he wants to essentially bring back stop and frisk, um, which has not entirely disappeared from the NYPD uh, toolkit, but it was de-emphasized under de Blasio and contrary to popular belief, actually correlated with a fallen crime until 2020 when things kind of went crazy. Um, yes, didn't, didn't he oppose stop and frisk while in the he NYPD? Did. While, while he was in the state assembly, even, he opposed stop and frisk, but now he wants to bring it back. Interesting. I, and I, I need to read a bit more about his position, but what I so I worked on a piece uh, earlier in the year about the mayoral race and specifically looking I was I was covering the Conservative Party candidates Bill excuse me the Conservative Party's candidates a guy named Bill Pepitone is also a former police officer and most of the police officers I spoke to made a distinction between stop and question stop and frisk where it's like you know. It, it's just because you st- a police officer stopping somebody can just ask them a question or they can ask them a question and then frisk them, right? And I think Adams is kind of more along the I want to be able to empower officers to stop and question people more than stop and frisk, but he is, he's basically that. And he's also, there's um, the crime, uh, the anti-crime units that were kind of controversial in NYPD. He also wants to bring those back. Yeah, What what about his... So, you, so like you said, he, he came to victory in that primary, which was kind of the only thing that mattered because he's obviously going to yeah. win mayor of New York against mm. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis Sliwa. Sliwa. Yes. Founder of the Guardian Angels, walks around in a red coat and beret. I think he's like, bald. I think that's what the beret's about. Right, that may be. <laughs> he's probably hiding a cat under there, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's the one thing I do like about him is he like brought his cat to vote and was yes. like turned down. Yes. His cat, one of his cats received a write-in vote. Um, Gizmo Sliwa received a write-in vote. Wow. Yes. Um, So obviously beat him. So I guess the other half of this is, why do people think Eric Adams is, like, weird? (laughs) Well, okay. So... Why, why do people think he's weird? I, so he's kind of, like, he's sort of a dark horse, right? When he emerged on the scene, and then everyone started to, like, dig well, up this stuff about him. And he, it's like, he, God, this guy's got, got a, like, a weird life. He actually wasn't a dark horse. He had been dangling for the job for a while. He kind of became a dark horse when Andrew Yang jumped in and, and took yeah. a, a lot of the polls. And then Wiley and Garcia and all these people popped up. And what seemed like it was his job to lose all of a sudden became not his job to lose anymore. Yeah. Um, so his... So... <laughs> Okay, so I, I talked about the go back to Iowa thing. There's also, uh, and he's he's made other controversial statements in the past. Well, one is he used to be, so he was this kind of like, you know, the, the New York Magazine in the 90s described him as radical. He sort of, you know, he entered the NYP to try and reform the inside. He eventually, at one point in his career, considered himself a conservative Republican, um, and then all of a sudden became a Democrat again. Um he criticized a uh, New York comptroller candidate who was his, uh, Latino for um, not being married to a Latino woman and said that if he really cared about his community, he, he would have done, he would have married a Latino woman. Um, hmm. He, um, when it was, when it was announced that he would likely win the uh, rank choice primary, he said that he was the face of a new democratic party 
and that if Biden and the and, and congressional Democrats did not listen to him, they would have a very rough 2020. Um, <laughs> 2021. He, 20, well, 2022, rather, actually. Oh. Um, he also uh, has been palling around, seen palling around with a lot of conservative figures like um, Bo Deedle, who's this... Uh, personality in New York, who is a, a also an ex-cop and was like a like a, he's like a radio guest a lot. It's it, he's a phenomenon kind of difficult to explain to the outside, the out, people outside New York. And um, I think with with John Castamidis as well, who is like a big Republican donor, um, he has also said that he wants to receive his first few checks as mayor in uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> Um, and wants to make New York a crypto-friendly city. He has not really expanded on either of those ideas. Um, he has also basically said that he will, um, every night he will visit some restaurant or club in New York City. I, you know, I, he was hyperbolizing Which, when he said that, but, but he, he was like... basically already does that, based yes, on what I've does. read. Yes. We also have not yet discussed that uh, he might not actually live in New York. So that's kind of what I was building to, because I've been sort of obsessed with this, um, God, what, uh, Curbed, which I believe is part of New York Magazine. Yeah, is, yeah. Is they, like, staked out where he claimed he lived, and I've been obsessed with this piece for, like, a month, and, mm. and it's like they watched him, like, like starting at, like, 7 p.m., they were, like, staking it out, um, and they, like, watched him come back park his prius like in front of trucks and then, yes. like drive it on the sidewalk to get out yes. to get out and it's like we don't really know if he lives there still just very weird yeah so he there is an apartment that like has his name on it or something um but the theory is that he doesn't live there just his son lives there and he lives with his partner in fort lee new jersey which is right over the bridge fort lee um People may remember the city of Fort Lee because uh, Bridgegate, the whole Chris Christie thing where he, you know, shut down a lane on the bridge, was to get revenge on the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey, because it is oh. uh, right where that the entrance to that bridge is, and it would cause traffic throughout the city. Um, so, yeah, that that's that. And honestly, like the the rules for who can be mayor of New York, res like the residency requirements are very vague. They say it's like. Uh, the person has to, like, intend to live in New York or something like that. Um, and I guess he intends to live in Gracie Mansion. He also, I think during the height of the pandemic, he was like, I'm going to literally, like, camp out in my office as Brooklyn Borough President. And basically essentially lived in his office for a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, these allegations that he might not actually live in New York have kind of given rise to uh, more speculation about why exactly he was doing that. Um, right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a curious situation, but kind of moot, because he won, he's going to get sworn in, right? and he's going to be mayor. And he'll get a house. Yeah, great that, I, I love that, that law. It's like you have to intend to live in New York, yeah. but if you get elected mayor, you get to live in... You have, like, you've got house. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, he off. so we're going to talk about him later, but Tom Swosey, the congressman who represents part of Long Island, does not live in New York City. 
he offered him the deputy mayor position because like the 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 mayor like you don't elect they don't elect him in new york they they're, there's multiple deputy mayors too for like different things they're basically like cabinet secretaries hmm. but like he offered him a deputy mayor position even though he does not live in new york yeah um well this, he, he lives in the state it's not the city yeah so uh yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's he he's also just interesting because he has been kind of one of the te- when when people are pointing to like hey um he he's been kind of in the center of like the defund the police messaging argument right he is more or less very anti defund the police he did very very well in the primary among uh black and latino communities especially in the bronx and in queens and brooklyn um and the more progressive challengers to him specifically maya wiley did well in gentrified areas full of the people from Iowa that he wants to get rid of in like Astoria and Williamsburg and Bushwick and Long Island City and all that. So, um, you know, he's been kind of, he was even endorsed by the New York post in the general election, um, because he's viewed as this, as a more centrist, uh, mayor, whereas de Blasio is viewed by many as uh, a progressive and, you know, it's not just on issues like police, right? Like he wants to sort of, um, restore the the gifted and talented programs that that the city was going to modify to the point where they were basically abolishing them um, i believe he also wants to bring back testing for specialized high schools that which is what de blasio either got rid of or tried to get rid of so um yeah there he's he's i would say in a way like probably more culturally conservative than your average democrat and he will now be you know in charge of one of the most liberal cities in the country and yeah, so I, I guess kind of talking about what his election means. I mean, I, I remember a point he made a lot was that you know he was criticized, obviously for being in the police force and being somewhat police friendly, um, which is, you know, I, I think I wouldn't say that that's not in vogue in the Democratic Party because I think most of the Democratic Party actually does support the police and certainly its leader does. Um, but it's like a little weird in New York, I guess. I wouldn't have expected that. But his argument was like super solid, right? It was like all of these people can shout, like, do this to the police. I was the only one in there, and therefore I was the only one who could do anything. And I did these things. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need an insider to fix it, which I know people make the comparison between, well, maybe not, maybe not now, but uh, between Biden and Adams, kind of in that regard, where. You just needed like a moderate kind of insider to go fix these things. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too, right? Is that he? It's like you look at the past two mayors of New York, and they've both been white guys from Massachusetts, basically, right? right? Bloomberg and De Blasio, and Adams is a guy who has literally like built his entire career in public life in New York City, right? Um, and is kind of like. Uh, <laughs> Or you know, northern New Jersey. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he definitely has that, yeah, that sort of he's centrist reputation. Um, even in his uh, his con- concession speech, Curtis Lee was like, you know, I still love and support Eric. He didn't say love. He's like, I, I'm still friends with Eric Adams and will support him 100%. And, yeah. Um, I think Flew was also actually a Democrat at one point in his life, but. Anyway. He talk about a very weird guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, is there is there like a broader political takeaway from Adams's somewhat predicted victory? 
Well, <laughs> him him winning maybe not maybe, and I so here here's what I'll say is that so I I think there's kind of like the the national view and then there's like the municipal view I guess so I think from a city perspective I do think it highlights these divides between um you know uh, these minority communities in the city and then these essentially carpetbaggers such as myself who are <laughs> mostly white honestly who who moved into places like Williamsburg and Bushwick and blah 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 which is that you know um perhaps the opposite of what you might expect or maybe exactly what you would expect is that um you know these sort of whiter and hipper areas are voting more progressively than the poorer and less white areas and i think that there's an element of like like i said cultural conservatism there where i think it's it's not just disagreements on policing policy or education policy that certainly plays a role i also think it's just like a sheer thing where it's like you know adams told these people to go back to iowa and you know what damn it i wish they would right Mm. like they already transformed these neighborhoods we don't want them to transform our politics either um you know there are now members of the democratic socialists of america who've been elected to the city council from these areas right Mm. and i think that it is it it highlights those divides within the democratic party you look at the election as a whole and curtis lewa actually did pretty well um among asian american voters in the election um, and people, a he had a very impressive campaign. He had a lot of like chi- like ads in Chinese, um, and b part of it is just that uh, he he ran very much on education issues, which which people perceived as as having a big effect in those communities. Um, so in in a way, mirroring I think actually Glenn Youngkin's election in Virginia, um, and so yeah, I, I think it in some ways it, it did reflect kind of larger political trends people are talking about. Um, and I think it maybe did uh, lend credence. I really think the whole Bill de Blasio experience, in a way, maybe lend credence to the idea that there are um, obstacles that, like, the progressive movement still needs to overcome, right? And I think that is primarily a, how do you take a sort of adversary, not adversary, but how, how do you take sort of like a, police reform slash some might even say anti-police message when you are in fact in charge of a police department right because de blasio to my knowledge the only person to be protested by both the police and (laughs) black lives matter Um, (laughs) despite his protestations that he has a black child well he does two of them yeah um a thing he talks about a lot i think education too right you know the thing that hurt de blasio very early on in his term was that he tried to sort of change the course of new york public schools and charter schools so that they were focused on what what's equity which has become kind of the buzzword in education where you know it was very much on sort of solving uh racial disparities when it came to you know accelerated programs advanced courses things like that and that actually made a lot of people of all colors very upset at him right Mm -hmm. um and you know this idea of how how far do we go to ensure equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity i think is really being fought at the school level right now there's also these sort of um uh shall we say um moral panic about you know crt that i think is a kind of a different issue but i do think it's becoming kind of conflated with this greater idea of like you know 
what does equality mean when it comes to schooling? And I think it's an issue that progressives um, have have kind of they don't really have many answers for. Yeah, that's <laughs> apparently. Um, I, I've been. I mean, not to spend too much more time on Adams, but like looking kind of ahead. I've, I've been I know, after the 20 year anniversary of 9 11. There are like a bunch of these pieces about how New York has changed, especially how like downtown New York has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like amazing the transformation. And of course, this is mostly like Bloomberg's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like there were only like 23,000 people who used to live in like lower Manhattan. And now, and it's like those people just like evacuate, or everyone else would just like evacuate the city every night. Um, and it would be like a ghost town at night, but now it's like, you've got yuppies moving in to use a term that's 30 years old, but like effectively, right. It's like, you have like, um, uh, you know, there's a lawyer who worked in the area and he said, like, it was very rare to see anybody walking a dog and pushing a baby carriage there like 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. But now that's like all who it is. It's all these people who live down there. And these articles then like, you know, moved on to the second half, which is like, now comes COVID and you know, the entire, like, people are now living in the city mm. as opposed to working in it. Um, it's like, can the city, it's very, it's just very fascinating to me. I, I, I've, the whole yeah. revitalization of that area of, of New York is amazing and very interesting. Yeah, I, I was walking to class today um, in the village, and there was, like, an ad for, um, this new like luxury like office space that was opening up i was like yeah i'm actually gonna be able to rent that stuff out right because i last i heard it was like you know i don't know if this is still the case but last i heard and this was a few months ago like it was like 40 percent of manhattan office space is just like empty now right well and they've Um, been converting a lot of them into residential units yeah so and 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 that you know that that kind of development will be it will be a big um That'll be, I think, a, a a key theme of Eric Adams's time in office. Do you are you excited for Eric Adams to be mayor, Mike? <laughs> I, you know, he, I, um, I think he'll be very interesting to watch in a hopefully mostly benevolent way. So, <laughs> how how fair and considerate? Um, I'll enjoy watching from afar. <laughs> Let's move on to our second segment, New York State's gubernatorial election, which will be held in 2022. Uh, Lest anyone forgot, here's what happened this past year. Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo, who was expected to run for a fourth term (laughs) because those New Yorkers like to keep their Cuomos around, uh, resigned in scandal due to his COVID-19 response cover-ups and sexual harassment. And back in August, he was replaced by his lieutenant governor, Kathy Hochul. Hockle. Hockle. All right. Yeah, you're the New Yorker. <laughs> Hockle, the, the first woman to be governor of New York, which is a big, that's a big deal, um, has announced she'll run again. So she may be the first woman elected governor of New York. Uh, But New York Attorney General Letitia James, whose office was the one that released reports on Cuomo's misdeeds, uh, public advocate Jumani Williams, and New York Representative Thomas Suozzi uh, are also... It's actually Suozzi, but yeah. I thought it was Suozzi. (laughs) These Uh, these New Yorkers, they got got crazy (laughs) names. 
There are a number of other high-profile Democrats in the state who have ex maybe expressed interest, and Bill de Blasio is primed to announce his candidacy as we tape this. No? <laughs> is there anything I'm missing to kind of sum up the Democratic side, or is that pretty much it? So it turns out I'm wrong. Is, I'm, I, excuse me, I was wrong. It is pronounced Hochul. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, I, it's just, it, it will be extremely interesting, if only because... Um, so the thing about Kathy Hochul is that she is not from New York City. She is from the Buffalo area, which is, you know, at the complete opposite end of the state. And because New York City is so big, it tends to dominate politics. And that includes electing governors, right? Cuomo was from New York City. Um, his, his elected predecessor, Elliot Spitzer, was. Spitzer, of course, res I just realized Cuomo was the second elected governor to resign. Um... I mean, uh, David Patterson, at least, you know, is, was, was born in New York, even though he spent a lot of time in, in Long Island. And, but basically, you know, South New York, if you will, it t tends to be uh, to dominate. And yeah. I think, like, sort of the, the big hurdle for Hochul is, is making sure that she can appeal to the rest of New York City. She actually made a point to be in attendance at Eric Adams' victory party hmm. um, earlier this month. Which I think was obviously to get her name out there more and also um, to make a point that the contentious relationship between de Blasio and Cuomo will not continue in the Hochul and Adams era. Yeah, they hated long, each other. How, yeah, they did. Um, and, but the thing is, too, so you look at pretty all these other people, with the exception of Suozzi, are, are city people, right? Tisha James, she was public advocate. Um, Jumai Williams, obviously, currently serving municipal government. De Blasio, obviously, mayor. And Suozzi, again, not actually living in New York City, but living pretty darn close to it. Yeah. And I just don't really know how it's going to play out. Obviously, you know, if you had asked me um, before Cuomo was running who the next governor would be, I probably would have said Letitia James. She's done a lot to get her name out there. You know, she basically moved to dissolve the NRA. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, was kind of the in the front lines uh, in investigating Cuomo. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it this this I mean, and not just because I live here, but I mean, I think this thus far this is the like gubernatorial primary most. This in the the Georgia Republican primary, oh, yeah. which we can talk about another time. I think are the two primaries I am most interested to watch, just because I think you. For all but, like, two of these people, I think you can make pretty credible arguments to how they would end up winning the nomination. Do you do you have a sense of who will be the Democratic nominee? I, I know the polling seems to indicate the incumbent governor has the advantage. Yeah, I would say so now just because of the polling. And I honestly just think that, like, if you're Hochul, this is kind of what you want. You want all these 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 city people running against each other and then just like taking their own chunks out of the city vote, right? Yeah. And she'll do better upstate. Um, and I, you know, Suozzi, I don't. I think he's honestly too moderate for a lot of New York voters. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I would say Hochul at this point, but you know, who knows? Yeah, C current polling seems to put her around forty percent. Yeah. James has actually been on like a downswing for the last like for this fall. Mm -hmm. Um so she's now closer to like fifteen percent. And yeah. then everyone else is coming in at like five, ten percent or less. I yeah, I, I you know, this is not citing any polls, this is purely anecdotal, but like 
I'd also say, like, don't underestimate the number of people who think that Andrew Cuomo should still be governor. Because yeah. they definitely exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think having somebody like James, who was extremely anti-Cuomo, might... That might be more of a liability than people realize. Right. Um, and That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I was going to make one more... Oh, another thing is, like, Hochul, like, you know... You know what I said about her being from upstate still applies, but she also in New York is one of the states where you you elect um, lieutenant governors run in a primary, right? They're not selected by the gubernatorial candidate, so she's won a statewide primary before, actually against Jumani Williams. Hmm. Um, so she she's done it before. She just has to do it on a bigger scale now. Well, and I mean Kirsten Gillibrand was from upstate, and she's senator from New York. And yeah. she's kind of in a similar position, right? Because she took Hillary Clinton's seat. So it wasn't, you know, she was, you know, appointed, quote unquote, and then had to face an election, which is similar-ish to what she's going through. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, she, she yeah, she, she, she now lives closer to the city, but um, <laughs> than she did. She's but, moderated. Well, she's actually, actually she's, gotten more liberal. No, I know. Um, yeah, she actually moved. She actually moved left. You know, when she was running for senator, she used to be. She used to be pretty, uh, pretty pro gun. Yes, yes, she, <laughs> she did. was in Congress. Um, but yeah, no, I, that that's probably a, not not a bad, not not a bad equivalent. Um. So, well, what about over on the uh, Republican side? We we've got Representative Lee Zeldin, who's. Uh, He's a guy. He's a congressman. He's something <laughs> From else. Island. Yeah, uh, we've got Rudy Giuliani's son named Andrew Giuliani. Yes. Um, I think those are probably the two major contenders. I know that the 2014 nominee uh, Rob Astorino is also yeah. declared. Mm-hmm. And there's like a podcast host that's not you, Michael, but they're running. <laughs> yes, Derek Gibson. Whose name I am learning for the first time. Yeah. Um, I know almost nothing about the Republican Party in New York other than it <laughs> used to be like, it used to like kind of work until like maybe 2012, maybe 20, 2008. They, uh, I mean, they, they had control of the state Senate more recently than you would think, but partly because that's a group of centrist Democrats kind of broke off and decided to caucus with Republicans. Yeah. I... So Andrew Giuliani is a complete non-starter. He he's an absolute lunatic. I mean, he days after he announced he was he was running for governor, he was literally just going to Times Square and yelling at people and like getting into arguments. I mean, just a complete nut. Like I, he's just <laughs> um, crazy. Um, Lee Zeldin, I he, even no, I, I in the only poll of this race, Andrew Giuliani is winning. <laughs> Really? Uh, well, he, I mean, I wouldn't... I guess that wouldn't really shock me. I mean, he, as far as name recognition goes, he probably has the most of it. Yeah. Um, I And and Lee Zeldin is very, very, very pro-Trump. Yes. Um, which as is Giuliani. Well, yes, yeah. Um, but Zeldin, whether you like him or not, actually has, like, a record. <laughs> Whereas Andrew <laughs> Giuliani is just Rudy's son. I, I think the... Um, the long and short of it is that uh, none of these people are going to become the next governor of New York. <laughs> really? Um, so you're, it's it, the Democratic primary is all that matters. It doesn't matter if 
I, it's not all that matters. The Michael Democrats Bloomberg gonna, jumps into the race or something. Okay. I don't know. Well, he's not going to run as a Republican if he does. Well. Um, okay, yeah. Maybe there are some people who would do. But, but it's just New York to me is just moved. It's, it's just become too uh, liberal, honestly. And, like, I, I think it's interesting. It's like I don't really know. And I don't know who these people would want to run against. Like, maybe they want to run against Hochul because she would get – fewer votes like she wouldn't drive as much turnout in the city because she's not from the city but she Hmm. also is probably going to win more voters upstate because she's from upstate right right? there was this sense that there might be a little bit of a revolt against cuomo because of you know lockdowns and coronavirus and all this stuff and his crimes and lies this was before you know it turns out he was like a sex criminal um and all of that but i just don't my the, the in the city, if you're vaccinated and 90% of residents are, it's, it's it's not like the pandemic has never happened, but it's as close as we're going to get at this point, right? You know, you can walk in pretty much, and you have to show your card, but you can walk in pretty much anywhere without a mask. Hmm. And I just, I don't, I don't think that COVID is going to loom as large over this race as Republicans hoped it would. And I also just don't think that, um, the party is a f- is is just has enough juice to 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 run a truly competitive campaign. I'm not saying the event the Democrats going to win by like 20 30 points, but I just, you know, if I were rating races right now, this would at least be likely dem if not solid. Hmm. Yeah. And again, like the 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 crowded Democratic primary makes me a little nervous if I were them. But at the same time, I just, it just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. I think, I was kind of pulling your chain. I actually think you could call this a solid Democratic race. <laughs> um, maybe not, you know, a year in advance, but probably by February. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a question I have that we kind of just answered is, like, is there, the results of this race and who wins and who wins the primaries, is there, like, a broader message we can glean with this to apply to the national atmosphere in, like, 2022? My, I'm kind of thinking no. I'm kind of thinking it's, like, New York is a democratic place. And, I mean, yeah, I guess if, like, AOC ran and somehow she won the primary in New York, that would tell us something. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I think um, no matter what happens, the results of the Democratic primary will be used to try and they'll try to turn into a national storyline, right? Because you do have kind of different segments of the party all jumped in this race, right? You have Hochul, like I think the, the comparison to is pretty keen. Like she's not, I would not describe her as left wing, but she's also, I she's not... You know, I, I know that she's necessarily right-leaning enough to be, like, a centrist, right? But she isn't, you know, she's kind of like a baseline Democrat. Swosey's, um, you know, a centrist and very proud of it. Um, Letitia James, I would say, is probably in the... Um, maybe she, she's, she's, she's affiliated with the Working Families Party, but, like, you know, maybe in the sort of, like, Elizabeth Warren lane, where she's, you mm. know, progressive but not, you know, left... Well, depending on your definition of left wing, she's progressive, like establishment um, progressive. Yeah, yeah. And whereas Jumani Williams is and is openly identifies as a socialist, right? So, um, you know, it'll be you know people will if if, if Hochul or Swosey somehow wins, 
then it'll be spun as like ah the progressive have the all these problems but <laughs> and and if and if you know williams wins it'll be like oh they've fallen off a cliff um, right. they're so left but yeah i don't know yeah uh- I guess we'll see how it plays out. Is there anyone you're thinking could still jump in this race and, like, shake it up? I know there there was a rumor going around about a certain Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, But I don't, I don't think that will happen. Uh, nor do I. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if there are um, kind of upstate uh, members of Congress who don't want to be in the minority. Uh, in in a in what many people think will be a House minority who end up running, that's kind of why Swosey's running. Maybe Sean Patrick Maloney jumps in, um, or Kathleen know, Rice. I know. Or Kathleen Rice. Yeah, that, that's another good point is that like there's going to be one less congressional district in New York. Yeah. Uh, and and for in the upcoming elections, gr- most people expect them to eliminate a Republican seat, but you know, and and maybe that maybe the Republican gets eliminated and ends up running in the primary. Um, but you know, there, there's maybe a world where, um, we get one or two more, uh, representatives because they don't want to be in a minority and, you know, could be Sean Patrick Maloney, could be Grace Ming, could be Kathleen Rice. Right. You know, but yeah, I mean, if, if, cause Suozzi is not doing, I mean, he's not pulling great. I can't see how any of these people think no. they're going to do much better. He, I mean, he, he was, so how many people are running now? There's four. He's in the bottom two. Right. Four, right? Yeah. Um, I like, in my, like, if I, if I had to rank them right now, one Hochul, two James, I would say honestly three Swosey, four Williams. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. The, I guess I'm just, it's so, I, it's funny to me. I just, I just looked up on the side too, because there's obviously a Senate election in New York, too, Chuck Schumer's up for re-election. And there's a lot of, I think, overrated conjecture that, like, AOC is going to primary Schumer or something. But I don't know. Like, the Republicans in that there's no, like, rep- serious Republican in that race. No. And I, I don't think that she's going to do that either. And honestly, I don't think she would win that primary. No. Um, I, I don't the thing about her. Chuck Schumer is that he is, like, incredibly involved in, like, New York State. Like, I saw someone joke that, like, he runs, like, New York is, like, a, a R plus two state, and it's absolutely true. Yeah. He is, like, for, a con- for, for, for like, a Senate, someone in, like, leadership, he is, like, very, he's in New York a lot and very involved in, like, local politics, and I just think has way too much clout that he, he would not, um, I, I just, I have a very, very hard time seeing him losing a primary like that. And he dances all around the city. He's a big, <laughs> he's a big dance guy. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's that's a pretty good state of play in New York, and we'll be doing this for every state. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But exciting stuff happening in the Empire State. Uh, so let's wrap this episode up with our new recurring segment we introduced in our last episode, in our lifetime. So Mike. So far in our lifetime, every single mayor of New York City has run for president of the United States and dramatically failed. (laughs) That was Giuliani, LOL, uh, Bloomberg, de Blasio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So the question I'm going to pose to you this week, Mike, in our lifetime, will another New York City mayor run 
And will any mayor succeed? I think Eric Adams will run for president. Okay, yeah. I definitely... Mayors of New York just have such large egos. I can't see them not running. Yes, in 24, 28. He'll he'll be older, too. He's like 60 right now, but he, he will run. Um... Will they succeed? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think <laughs> there will um, never be a mayor of New York make that jump to the presidency in our yeah. lifetime, at least. I don't think so. I agree. <laughs> so I have a wild corollary that I'm going to tag onto this, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to make it a little more interesting. Will any mayor <laughs> in the country successfully go from city hall to the White House in our lifetime? I don't think so. <laughs> Despite Pete Buttigieg's... But isn't it weird that Pete Buttigieg came the closest? <laughs> it is. Because um, I know there was all that talk about, um, you know, the mayors of, like, New Orleans, the mayors of uh, L.A. Yeah. Obviously, that we had two former mayors of New York both run for... Uh, actually run in 2020 as well. Um, and they all just petered out. But... Yeah, Buttigieg, he won the Iowa prime, uh, the Iowa caucuses. Yeah, um, I I don't see it happening. That I I would like to see Mitch Landry run for something else, but ooh uh, ooh, <laughs> you bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't see it happening. You know, may, and you know, maybe maybe it does become a situation where, um, you know, what's his name, Marty Walsh, who's the current. Secretary of Labor and was mayor of Boston. It sounds like there are rumors that he may join the Democratic primary for governor of Massachusetts, not that Charlie Baker is not running for re-election. So maybe he will make the jump from governor to president, but I don't think. That's, who cares? (laughs) People do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It is, I will, so I'll agree. I don't think it'll, it'll happen, make that jump. And I will say history, at least, is on our side. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. We have never elected a sitting mayor to the presidency. Um, uh, I think Calvin Coolidge was actually our last president who was ever a mayor. That could be. But what are we? It's not like we're experts on presidential history here. (laughs) Um, So sorry, mayors. In our lifetime, it's not going to happen. Oh. But we will end with that. Thank you for listening, everyone. You can let us know what you think or if your mayor is going to win the presidency sometime soon on Twitter. You can find and follow us at The Post Writer or email us at contact at thepostwriter.com. We love hearing from you about your mayors. So let us know if your mayor is the hottest mayor or the coolest mayor. Politics Express is a Postwriter podcast brought to you by thepostwriter.com, and you can check out stuff we work on, things we've written, our other podcasts, and more over there. And we will see you all next time. And thanks, of course, to Mike for joining to talk about New York. No problem. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>